Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilot's License Flight Number 37 with service to Los Angeles, California. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember, if your dad dies and leaves you a record company and a foster home that may be a little bit too much information to tell someone you just met on an airplane. (laughs) Welcome to the TV Pilot's License. My name is Jeff Kerbis, joined by Rich Inman and Max Singer. How are you boys doing today? Uh, I am three minutes away from buying a guitar, so let's get this rolling. (laughs) God, Jeff, if I was actually on that flight you just described, I'd be hitting like my call button so fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, b- boys, this week we are talking about the 80s cartoon known as Gem or Gem and the Holograms, if you're nasty. But before we dive into some 80s style and rock ballads, it appears that there's a mysterious record producer who has come aboard our flight <laughs> looking to sign some hot new talent. Yes. Our guest is a comedian, writer, and the co-host of The Pod Leadum, a week-by-week episode recap podcast for America's Next Top Model. Please welcome J.W. Crump. JW, yeah. thank you so JW, much for joining. Welcome. I feel so like I want to ride in on a motorcycle <laughs> shaped like a guitar. <laughs> now that you've set like me up, <laughs> we are we are without a without a doubt. I wrote this in all caps. We are talking about this for at least twenty minutes. Oh yeah, <laughs> about, I get that. <laughs> keep in mind about the aerodynamics. Yeah, for the folks who are listening, this is a twenty-two minute and fifteen second episode that we're talking about. For four to five hours conservatively. <laughs> oh, you can have a dissertation on, I mean, I'll get into it, but there's also three different cuts of the episode that I'm going to talk you through. So get Whoa. ready. Oh my God. <laughs> well, oh, okay. he's got a PhD in JEM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I do want to, I do want to clarify the reason I asked, I wanted, I needed JW on this podcast is because I have literally watched him give a dissertation on Jim. Yeah. It was a combined dissertation uh, comedy show for Jim, and I want to believe uh, it was a PowerPoint on anime transitions. Does that sound right? Is that you were you were talking about like the uh, the ranking anime transitions, including it wasn't like a when PowerPoint Sailor Moon because how into... dare you? It was a it was a full tech ex- <laughs> it was a fully technical show. It was a it Google was... presentation. Let's it be was... very clear. We it was a full aim. immersive experience, like Sleep No More. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. But yeah, uh I don't think there's anyone better suited to to talk gem and we're so glad you're here, JW. Thank you very much. It's exciting to talk about. Um I listened to a bunch of your episodes, but I most recently finished oh. Pretty Little Liars. And I didn't realize how much I remembered that pilot until you were describing <laughs> it. And I was like, it's the opposite of the gym pilot because nothing happens in the pretty little liars pilot. <laughs> Everything happens in this pilot. I don't know what you're and talking then, like, about. Every inherit- five seconds, you're like, we're in another scene. How does Jim do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Rich, before we have your question of the week, Um, I wanted to bring the podcast on a little bit more of a serious note just for a minute and recognize that that right now the WGA is striking. Um, JW, we were just talking about how you were picketing uh, earlier today, and we just want to recognize that this podcast, the TV Pilots License, does stand with the WGA. Um, And, you know, 
We're supporting what they are doing. We're not going to be using today's episode to inform folks because, uh, let's be honest, we're four dum-dums uh, when it comes to <laughs> whoa, union whoa, stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You were absolutely <laughs> speaking out of turn about JW right now. <laughs> <laughs> I did not sign off on dum-dum. I'll say this. If you want to find out more, there's a lot of great um, – there is misinformation out there, so do your research on this. I'm pre-WGA, but I I have – will be joining the union and um, after the strike probably and um one place you can do if you're really interested in it is you can go to entertainmentcommunity.org and that is a fund where you can donate to help um you can specifically pick the category television and film and then you can donate you know and help people out in this time who are you know striking so that everyone including myself including other writers has a secure future. Yeah, kind of just going off what JW said there, for those who may be familiar with the old charity actors fund, that is now just the entertainment community fund. So go support artists in this time. Um, you know, we take time each week to give you background on the showrunners and writers who make these shows what they are. Uh, we're going to keep doing that. Uh, so I don't know, su support artists right now, support art. Uh, Rich and I are going to stop doing all really bad impressions of studio head figures until the strike is over. That's and, right. Uh, it's our prize. It's our prize pig, and we want you to know that we're <laughs> we're we're putting it aside for to, to show solidarity. And we will make sure that uh, all the links to associated materials are in the podcast description. Uh, as well as the YouTube description. And I might even learn how to throw them off the, on the screen. So if you're a visual human being, Ooh. you can see it. Uh, I'm going to learn things during the strike. Well, thank you so much. During, Jeff, Jeff uh, gets iMovie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for that little bit of information, JW. Uh, Rich, let's move on to you. What is your question of the week? Well, uh, and, you know, this is my first time watching Gem, uh, surprisingly, even though JW did such a great job giving a uh, an impassioned spiel on, on the show. Um, a lot of the show obviously reminds me of G.I. Joe and a lot of the other toy-based, uh, like the toy kum uh, TV show, basically, or, or reverse of, you know, that particular era, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, etc., I want to know, do you guys have anything, JW, I know you have specific stuff about Gem, but uh, do you have any collection collectible items from shows of that era? And what is it? Oh, I, the smirk on Jeff when he, as he looks back through well, his childhood Rich bedroom. And his yeah, our, what you got, nerd? As our <laughs> resident, yeah, as our resident nerd of this podcast, um, it's really funny. So last week we did Star Wars. Um, I have a unopened box of every single re-release re of the 90s versions of Star Wars figurine, action figures. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, I did get it quoted 10 years ago by someone, and they gave me a really fun number. Uh, as long as my parents have not thrown that out, I'm doing great. But <laughs> Rich, oh man, I've got to, such bad news for you, bud. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rich, to answer your question about like more of something that we're familiar with with our childhoods, um, I believe there is a box somewhere in Boca Raton, Florida, that has almost all of the uh, 
different uh, Zords from Power Rangers in the 90s leading up to, I think, when they got lost in the jungle. Uh, I I don't know. It's been 30 years of Power Rangers. (laughs) That was a wild time. As a huge Power Ranger fan... I love the idea of a season just called Power Rangers Lost Jungle. And it's just, it's truly them just lost. And like, I wish we could teleport out of here, but we cannot for some reason. It's a, it's a bubble season. A it's a bubble of, season. It's just a bunch of kids from the valley having used survival skills and really struggling. <laughs> it's just naked and afraid. It's Power Rangers naked and afraid. Oh my God. I'm now uh, just thinking of that. I'd watch um, that though. I don't know if anyone here watched the super dark, like, recut Power Rangers that, like, was on YouTube a couple of years ago. And I am just thinking of that now, and I'm going to be watching that after we finish recording today, 100%. <laughs> uh, JW, what about you as our guest? Yeah, if you're if you're talking 90s, and Rich also knows that I collect vintage action figures, so I'm looking at a wall that's just, like, <laughs> a yeah, waterfall just, just of things. Just pick one at random. Yeah, well, I actually have a lot of Sailor Moon stuff. Okay. And the nice thing about Sailor Moon stuff is there are so many bad versions of action figures because when America bought the rights, they were like, how inexpensive can we make this? (laughs) So all of them have like messed up eyes and weird body proportions. So all of them have this like uncanny valiness to them. Wait, that's amazing. I, I think that's my favorite uh thing about them there's this great guy i'll give him a shout out um in if you're in new york there's that remember that place turnstile it's like within columbus circle rich it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. within the subway it's all these kiosks and stuff uh tommy's figures i believe it's tommy's with a z figs on instagram and he sold me a bunch of sailor moon stuff including like the italian action figures uh well, which that, are that's really cool so i mean like obviously you have so much people love things that are wrong and things that are just like you know bent out of shape or like just weird proportions and stuff like that like i out of uh, i this is going to be a significantly more um jockey version of this but i have a uh there's like a pretty infamous baseball card that uh came out in the 80s um where this player named billy ripkin got a prank pulled on him when he was going in for his uh, photo shoot for the uh, baseball card. And someone wrote fuck face on the bottom of his bat and no one knew uh, or like no one told him. And he it made its way to the they... card. Yeah. No, 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 here. I'm trying to find it right now. I think I have it like right here. Uh, I, I'll, I'll try to find it in a second, but um, yeah, it is. Uh, it made its way. They eventually stopped production once they realized the mistake but there's still a bunch of them that are out there. And I bought like a reprint of it um, just because I think it's extremely funny. I can't believe a, no one noticed in all the stages of how it made it to a baseball card. <laughs> that is truly that, amazing. That's kind of like Rich. There's a, there's an NBA Mark Jackson card from the early nineties where it's like him dribbling down the court and then sitting courtside on the card are the Menendez brothers. Yes, yes, yes. It, it was, <laughs> Yeah, it was, and not only that, they pinpointed the date, and it was after they killed their parents. <laughs> so well, yeah. it was, it, it you was gotta between... relax. You gotta take in a game. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta think of parents. something else. You gotta spend all your dead parents' money. Oh, them's the rules. Oh yeah, here's the here's the card. 
Um, I don't know if you can see it all, but there it is on the bottom of the bat. It says fuckface on it. That is so funny. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Well, uh, to, to jump in with my answer for that, it's uh, I'm, I was big Pokemon pilled, big, big, uh, big Pokemon Uh, brained. Oh yeah. Um, I think everyone here probably has at least a pack or two somewhere in there. Oh oh my God. Binders, binders of them. It is upsetting how much I probably have any expensive ones. Do you have any like that original Charizard situation? I don't know if I have an original, but I do have a holographic Charizard somewhere. Um, I don't know if it's like the original ones are like in Japanese or something like that, right? And I probably just have like the well, the sure, but American I still ones. think there's ones that are rare oh. that are in English. <laughs> I... <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Max, what about you to round us out? So in terms of stuff from the era we're talking about today, I was at an older cousin's wedding when I was really little and we were like at the house the day of the wedding, like, Oh, we've got some toys upstairs for Max to play with. So he's not a nuisance and a terror. And they were (laughs) all like original 1980s transformers toys. And they're like, Oh yeah, you can just keep them. That's so cool. So that was really fun. A thing that I did not appreciate or understand when I was like five years old. It is also just insane to me that I'm pretty sure Orson Welles's last movie is playing a giant robot planet in the transformers movie. And it's like, this is how he went out playing a talking planet. Um, in terms of really? stuff that's relevant from our If you've never era, seen that movie, would recommend watching. It's wild. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to come up several times throughout this podcast today. Uh, in terms <laughs> of stuff from our episode today, I, I'm going to out myself as an only child here, guys. So uh, <laughs> there were definitely Pokemon cards as well as BD Babies. Uh, that were uh, a lot of of baby baby uh did you get the infamous princess die one yeah Mm. i i I do yeah i've got the i've got the princess die bear it was it was in like little little acrylic boxes because you gotta take care of your shit i had like the america bear the canada bear like i had little boxes for all the bears when i was a kid look at you at the united nations of bears (laughs) so (laughs) i have a collection of the beanie babies but just the ones that came in the happy meals Oh, so it's the yes. tiny okay. ones because mm-hmm. we couldn't afford teeny real teeny babies, so teeny we got beanies. like the teeny, teeny beanies. Yeah, oh, my oh God. that's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. So I love those, but yeah, oh man, beanie babies. That oh, that takes me back. Well, Rich, thank you for the extremely nostalgic. Uh, I love marketing. What can week. I say? And uh, I am sure that we will be getting even more nostalgic throughout the entirety of this episode. Um, With that being said, folks, if you did not hear me the first time, we are doing Gem and the Holograms, uh, or just known as Gem. If you want to watch it before you listen to this podcast, uh, I watched it on YouTube, but you can also find it on Tubi. Uh, And let's go through a quick synopsis. As a small town girl catapults from underground video sensation to global superstar, she has, she and her three sisters begin a journey of discovering that some talents are too special to keep hidden. Um, So that's a weird way to describe the the plot. Where's that from? That's from IMDb. Wait, hold on. Okay, so they're referring to L.A. as a small town, and then yep. and then yep. her her three bandmates, who are not her sisters, famously. Well, uh, no, well, no. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, one, is wait sis- a minute. one is her sister, and wait. she got shit from her dad when he died. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. 
And, and in fairness about the small town thing, you find ways to make LA feel smaller. You oh find your little. Max, oh my god, Stop being from LA as your personality. <laughs> god damn it! You you don't shop. You don't shop at the Silver Lake Trader Joe's one time. <laughs> All right. Well, Max, with that synopsis, can you tell us a little bit more about what went into making this show? So today we are talking about the pilot of Gem or Gem and the Holograms titled The Beginning, which aired on October 5th, 1985 in just syndication. There's no channel associated with it. It's children TV. It was everywhere. Uh, and we're going to be talking about very important things today, like Reaganomics and cocaine, uh, but mostly a writer by the name of Christy Marks. So Marks moves to Los Angeles to pursue dreams of being a writer, but not just any kind of writer, a comic book writer. And Marx actually gets her start in the comic book business after a chance meeting with Roy Thomas, who was at that point the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. And she goes to see him speak, and she gives him a copy of a Conan the Barbarian story she had written. Thomas is super impressed, and she actually gets this story published and gets hired to write comics for series like What If and Red Sonja in the late 70s. This comic work leads to her actually being a staff writer on some Marvel animated TV series, including the new Fantastic Four. Uh, that's the, the name of the show. It's the new Fantastic Four. It's not a new Fantastic Four. Uh, as well as Spider-Man and uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends all in the early 80s. From there, she goes on to work for G.I. Joe. And we're now going to have to do a little pivot here and talk about a company called Sunbow Entertainment. Uh, ah. Sunbow is an animation <laughs> studio owned by the advertising agency Griffin Bacall, and they are a client of Hasbro's in the 1980s. And what they do is they make toys, and then they make cartoons to sell those toys. And this partnership found success with shows like G.I. Joe and Transformers. Told you that was going to come up again, Rich. And now they're working on a... I guess like a companion piece, like if, if G.I. Joe was like the the macho boys playing soldier show, they want a companion piece, and they start coming up with these new wave rock and roll dolls called Gem and the Holograms. So Marx gets handed the reins for the animated series version, and basically they give her a few key pieces, things that are set in stone that could be part of the toy collection, and that is Gem, Rio, the two bands, the Holograms and the Misfits, the computer, and the earrings. Everything else in this pilot is an original creation of Christy Marks. So everything having to deal with Starlight Records and the Starlight House, the antagonist character of Eric Raymond, these are all Christy Marks' ideas. But everything else, you have to thank Griffin Bacall Advertising and Sunbow Entertainment for. Um, this <laughs> oh, is a... Friends of the pod. Fa yeah. <laughs> for, today's episode is brought to you by Griffin Bacall Advertising. Um, if you have a toy you want to be made into a cartoon, uh, call Griffin Bacall Advertising. Incredible. It, it's funny because when we were preparing for this, I was trying to think about, like, are there examples of this kind of, uh, damn it, I'm going to say synergy, this kind of synergy <laughs> happening. It's um, a good name. It's a well-named character. Vertical integration. <laughs> all, all I, I was like, oh, I've got some great ideas. And then I realized they're all, like, 20 to 25 years old. I'm sure there are newer ones today. But this is this run here is basically equivalent of, like, Digimon and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! All in the late eight, like late eighties, late nineties, early two thousands. 
but with uh, actually, no, Pokemon had a good amount of original music too. Anyways, enough about me. I'm just bantering. Let's get some rocket going. Well, yeah. I'll say this. I think if that was first of all, I I I'm gonna feel more useless than I was gonna be because I have the DVDs, which has an audio commentary on this. But you honestly said so much of what Christy Marks on the audio commentary said that I was like, well, there <laughs> oh goes all those notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I'm a Marxist. Uh, Oh my god. <laughs> uh, that's what her and I'm fans a call themselves. Um, <laughs> one thing I think they do today with dolls and toys is now there's a web series. So mm. there's a like, mm. I know there's a doll line called like Rainbow High, and there's a web series because every so often, because they need writers for them, you'll see notices and stuff for that. So I think now it's less TV show, more five to ten minute episodes that are YouTube or whatever it may be. That I makes more that's sense. like our version of it. We do I should have also like... note just really quick. Oh, sorry, buddy. Oh, I was going to say, really quick, just noting the, the toys themselves, uh, they all did come with cassette tapes that featured mm-hmm. real songs from the show, so there was that cross-promotion there. And we have a little bit of a rivalry, too. So at the same time that these gem dolls mm-hmm. came out, uh, Mattel also released a collection called Barbie and the Rockers. And I don't know if we're going to see them later this summer. Uh, Greta Gerwig, come on the pod. Let us know. These corporate corporate, corporate pigs. (laughs) They saw the the magic that Jem had in her eyes, completely unrelated (laughs) to the the precursor of Josie and the Pussycats. And they said, what about us? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Um, one thing I'll say that's interesting because I do think it's fascinating how much control the creator got. And in the audio commentary, she talks about how they used code names and original names of the characters before, like, so she's like, I'm looking at my scripts and they have different names. Cause originally Jim, oh, interesting. Jim was originally named Misty. Okay. And her normal, the Jerica of it was Morgan. Was Ash. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then misty became just the letter m and oh. then because they couldn't trademark a single letter m became gem and that's literally why that's amazing <laughs> i love that so much yeah not well, before the james bond people i'm sorry are y'all ready to uh rock out and talk a little bit about the cartoon of god gem? yes uh well rather Kick than it. a cold open we just get the <laughs> intro of me and my friends are gem and holy shit, I've never <laughs> been more in to a like TV show right away. I'm just like, yes, let's go. I watched this first thing this morning, and I didn't even need coffee. I was like, let's go. And we learned Come two on. very, very important things right off the bat. Jeb is truly, truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> and Jeb is my and the music is No contagious. one else is the same. <laughs> oh, JW, what were you going to say? I was going to say that... I realized the theme songs first, but in the in the like the actual first opening scene, y'all were talking in Pretty Little Liars about how they never give you the names of any of the oh characters. My God, I'm yes. so glad you brought this up. The opposite happens in the first actual scene of Jim, where they're like, "You're going to know these four characters' names because we're going to chant them over and over with a close up on each character." So the literally. <laughs> 
literally in my notes it says this is the exposition i fucking need in every television show we ever do yeah this Yelling really everyone's name for me to repeat at least 20 to 30 times this really catered to the riddle in youth before we even knew that was gonna be a thing <laughs> so we do like just for a little bit of exposition for those who might just be tuning in and are like, what the hell are they talking about? We roll up to some like big premiere. It might be a concert. It might be a movie. Who knows? Uh, but we see the Gem Mobile, uh, which I am so pumped about. And we'll talk about how sick of a ride that is in a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but we get all these like chants of all the band numbers. And then we take one of the most dramatic turns I have ever seen. Yeah. Like, Pretty Little Liars, I know you're still doing your current season. Write this shit down. Yeah. <laughs> because basically we get the, you might be wondering how I got here. Uh, I remember how it all began with the death of my father. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Like, wait that's you how we're... <laughs> wait till you idiots see show. this. We're going from happy to sad immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PLL, if you want to do a fucking five-minute flashback sequence to the completely different color palette for the rest of your episode, <laughs> this is how you do it. <laughs> my favorite thing is i know if no one's ever seen the show and i can get them to minute one where there's this tone shift from mm -hmm. cheering movie premiere to rain funeral <laughs> not only funeral but a rainy funeral that's completed <laughs> like the worst <laughs> part of the funeral it's i'm everyone's like well i've got to finish this <laughs> what <laughs> happened this is for five-year-olds <laughs> so imagine learning about death as a child from gem and the holograms <laughs> you know you know when you're watching a toy commercial and the dad dies <laughs> yeah and this was like pre 90s like disney just getting off on killing dads and moms like yeah. this was setting the tone Disney probably learned something from Jim and we're like, wait a minute, people connect with dead parents. Let's write some shit right now. Don't you remember the classic board game, Can't Wake Daddy? Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, after this funeral, um, we get to meet a few of <laughs> our characters. Once that shit's uh, out of the way. What once once dad's in the ground and can never oh be broken. Um Jesus. So we meet um Mr. Raymond and we meet Rio instantly. First thing, I don't know how old Jem is supposed to be. We never really talk about it. It's in pretty the show. little liars all over again. Yeah, but I assume that she is old enough in the eyes of Mr. Raymond to be a creep. Uh because I'm getting weird vibes from him immediately. I don't even need to know he's a record executive. I just know I don't trust him immediately. <laughs> yeah. Our, so this is where we find out that she inherits a, a, a just a bonkers combination of things, uh, a music label with a giant building uh, in the middle of LA and then a uh, house for wayward girls. I believe that's how they described it. I, I don't remember the exact. No, uh, they call them. They just call them straight up foster girls. It's a yeah. home. Oh, for foster oh, it's a foster girls. home. Yep. It's a foster home. It's, uh, it's so I'll say in the plot of the show, you'll never have a show that talks more about the foster system than Jim <laughs> and the holograms. Cause not only are all of these foster kids, but 
you'll find out that the reason Jerrica refers to all of the other holograms as her sisters is Kimber the redhead is her sister, biological yeah. younger sister, and I believe she's eighteen, so Jerrica's like twenty or whatever. Okay. Aja and Shayna are her and Kimber's foster sisters that they grew mm-hmm. up with. Okay. All right. So that's how they. they gr- that's what the. Uh, the intro it, or the there's no one in this describing. there's no one in this cartoon that has living parents okay <laughs> like because you'll yeah, find out Mr. her mom Raymond's... is just also dead <laughs> it's like like mike <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah um i think that you know if there's one thing to sort of like put a little small like oh that's not cool is we find out a lot about Jem and not about her bandmates and it very much treats it like the um i almost Okay, for my Broadway nerds, this feels a lot like Jersey Boys, where we get a lot of information about Frankie Valli, but don't learn much about the rest of the band for the first half of the show. Jeff, the rest name of the, the bass player in any band. Name, name the bassist <laughs> and the keyboard player in any popular band. Uh, uh, Jimmy Bass. Oh, no. Uh, 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 mm. Uh, well, Queen changed theirs out like three times. So which one do you want me to name? Yeah, people care uh, about vocalists, lead guitarists, and drummers. That's it's it. true. It's why it's very true. It's why U two has Bono and the Edge, and then like Jim and Jerry. It's I don't know the other two <laughs> guys. Like none of them have neither of them have cool names. So I'm going to ask a very important question about Rio um, because we meet Rio. Um, do we think the curtains match the drapes? Is that <laughs> purple hair natural? <laughs> it's a cartoon. Yes. It's a cartoon, baby. It's all natural. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I love that every this is true of every cartoon that I've ever seen. One thing we decided on, because this show is like we're gonna give everyone very natural, diverse skin tones. Yeah. You're gonna be able great. to you're gonna be able to tell that, but baby, everyone's got wild hair. <laughs> <laughs> everyone you'll meet. Yeah, they'll let it they'll let a secretary have like bright fuchsia hair. And I'm like, guys, we didn't need this diversity of hair color. And this we're arm before Doug. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um so going to this foster home nothing's been taken care of uh even when dad was alive uh no one took care of this house because the electricity is out um it was a good so thought how long do we think it took Jem to put two and two together that by owning a record by owning half of a record label she could possibly support the uh foster home that currently has zero electricity it's just this part was sort of like driving me mad is like wait a minute you like there wasn't a lawyer who explained anything to you as far as what's i love that the person who explains it to her is the housekeeper like (laughs) fully i don't think she's named but her character's name is mrs bailey she's like a, a small recurring character but she's just like you know, your father used to pay for all of this with the record company you now own half of. And she's like, ah, got it. Oh, I'm like, right. Money. No, I think we should just keep doing car washes and getting paid to rake, <laughs> rake leaves off of people's lawns. Let me say this, Go though. And this is good writing. I appreciate that they set up that there's no electricity early. So that when there's the big cliffhanger at the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why there is yeah. a lantern. you're 100 right yeah yeah these aren't little like dick dick and sodian children or something (laughs) is this the is this the first episode that we've covered where we're gonna root for the nepo baby is that what we're is that what we're understanding here i do have that of like oh 
oh shit, we got some inherited wealth and some foster girls. Like that's our situation now. Um, but that's like, chill. it's it's very interesting because then you hear Mr. Raymond's point of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make this record company into the most successful record company in the world. And like at first when he says that, I'm like, oh, that's a cool goal. Like yeah, like it's the '80s, right? Like. Yeah. We're right after Motown, like we're we're trying to bring '80s rock like back, and like at the same time, then I'm like, wait, why can't he just give her like a few bucks just to be like, hey, you fuck off, I'll send you money. Uh, you still own half of this company. And you're 20 then, years like, old. Yeah, you're 20 years old. You don't need to be involved in this. Just like go fuck off and yeah, like enjoy I'll your have life. The misfits, and we'll do great. Everything he says is like a supervillain, though. Yeah. <laughs> everything he says is like a supervillain well yeah i i got there eventually max but at the beginning i was like capitalism sounds pretty good right now like this sounds great so positive. it was the 80s i told you we'd be talking about ronald reagan today <laughs> <laughs> eric you're right though eric raymond created all he created the whole series because he could have just been like yeah you own half of this i'll just run it and then give you yeah. half of the profit yes yeah. Eric's a terrible businessman. He could have just taken out all of the competition and just been like, you know what? Cool. I'm just going to send you a check every quarter. This is the point that I want to, I want to make a point that uh, there's so many bad cartoons and so many bad eighties cartoon pilots. And one of the things that I think is always bad is people not giving the voice acting much. And in this Mm. show, Everyone gives it one million percent with the voice <laughs> yes, acting. 100%. Like the woman who plays Pizzazz, the worst, the mean, green-haired misfit, the leader of the misfits. Yeah, her voice haunts my nightmares. <laughs> she has the meanest voice in history, and it's fascinating to me that that's a real person. She could have done. They wicked are giving this so year. much. They are giving so much that sometimes the characters' mouths don't move on the screen. <laughs> So look, it was a cartoon made by an ad agency. What do you want? <laughs> so I'm going to ask you all a very important question. Um, would you ride a motorcycle that is shaped like a guitar? Because holy shit, when I saw it, I needed to have it. And I do have a Google search on my computer that says guitar shaped motorcycles, question mark. And I brought out this so I could explain aerodynamics of guitar motorcycle. And you, here's <laughs> here's where you would sit, ultimately extremely uncomfortable. Also, like, it, very neck heavy. Too neck heavy for, uh, for, uh, for a real motorcycle. I don't know. Look, this is where Gem and the Holograms lost me. <laughs> Too unrealistic. <laughs> Has anything ever been more clearly a toy, though, than marching oh, 100%. out every misfit? <laughs> and again, opposite Pretty Little Liars. He was like, here's the misfits. Pizzazz, Roxy, Stormer. <laughs> Everyone gets one very... I, I did not know. I've never watched it critically like this before. And I was like, wow. They're just like, here's a toy. Here's a toy. And here's a third toy. <laughs> Don't you want we're, all three of these toys? Once we get into and, the Gemmobile, too, 100% also a toy. There's just like big vehicle, uh, big. Uh, Mattel owns, or I'm sorry, Hasbro owns. Hasbro. Uh, yeah, Hasbro. Did, did they own, uh, what was the, the car? Transformers? Toys? No, the cars, the little cars. 
Oh, um, Hot Matchbox? Wheels. Matchbox? Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels, yeah. Yeah. Th- do they own that? Is that a, is that That's a Mattel. Yeah. Uh, okay. I would for sure buy Hot Wheels of, of all the vehicles in the show. Um, so we're now in something that I actually think is really important to Jem. Um, and that is the music. Like, I did not... <laughs> And Rich laughs, but, like, I did not expect to like the music in this pilot as much as I did. We have very simple musical structure, too. We have um, really just, you know, few words. We have a chorus. We repeat those few words, and we are unashamed about uh, repeating them. But, like, it is catchy. They obviously got decent vocal talent to do it. And we're doing music videos because we have the name of the fucking song and yeah. who sang it right there to transport us into that MTV-esque era of like, hey, music videos are a big thing. Here are music videos for children that they can reference to and we can repeat all the time. Yeah, yeah. we needed original songs to put on the cassette tapes that came with the dolls. I need to be very clear here. If you are listening to this episode and you have not watched this show, there are no fewer than three breaks for full-length music videos that happen in this show. Like, we we cannot stress this enough that there are multiple points where the plot stops and there is just a 80s mall pop video number that happens. It's, it's absolute insanity. If you want to pause this episode and go watch this pilot and then come back in like 22 minutes, feel free. We'll wait. <laughs> and uh, you could also... I don't know. Twenty-two Great minutes of room, twenty-two minutes of room tone. Give him twenty-two minutes, Jeff. <laughs> What's really cool is that if you like Jeff, if you like the music in the pilot, it gets so much better as the series goes on because it just gets more and more complicated. Because in the second season, they add new band members, and you can actually hear that they added instruments to the songs. That rules. It's fascinating for the audience to know. I do coach a certain. Uh, exercise class that is under orange lights in my free time. Um, but I am very, very much... boot camp. Got it. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I am very tempted to make an entire class playlist that is just of Gem and the holograms as well as the misfits because I You'll have kill enough them. people. Their heart rate will be too high. You'll yeah, kill wait. them all. <laughs> I mean, it, to be honest, it's actually perfect for, for interval training because all the songs are maybe 45 seconds long. Yeah, yeah, that's actually very true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we get this out of my way song, and boy, do we! I also what? What's that, Rich? I said, boy, do we! Oh, good. <laughs> uh, so it's super interesting because we then learn about Eric's ruse, right? He's going to put on this battle of the bands, and he's going to stack the deck by hiring a bunch of bunch of really shitty bands and then making the misfits look really really good honestly a uh, business genius comparison. um my favorite this is one of my favorite lines roxy who is you'll find out that unfortunately the pilot doesn't give individual personalities but it, this is the inkling because roxy's whole deal is she doesn't care about being good she just wants to be rich that's our whole deal throughout the show. And I love that they gave Rox the line like, yeah, everyone else sucks, so we'll win. And then Pizzazz is like, but we're also good. <laughs> like, Pizzazz is like, to be clear, you just heard our song. Like, we're good. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the running away from a bear theory. You don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be, you just have to be faster than your friend. 
<laughs> I just love that characterization that someone's like, but to be clear, we're also talented musicians. <laughs> um, so being devastated at Eric's plan, um, we find that Jerrica returns to the without electricity foster home to a gift of um, a pair of earrings in which we get our first instance of body horror, not our last <laughs> instance of body horror in this pilot where a mysterious woman appears as soon as the earrings are upon Jem's head. Um, JW, I am going <laughs> to let you take over and explain oh, sure. <laughs> what coke-filled dream proceeds <laughs> after we see a woman appear so what generally first of all for some reason only in this episode the earrings also control the wind because the wind <laughs> opens the windows i think it's a coincidence <laughs> what is happening uh, is that the earrings as we'll find out later project holograms and they're projecting the hologram of a computer in woman form named Synergy. And Synergy if, is the most 80s a cartoon character oh, could be. She is yes. the bisexual flag and then like a planet symbol or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And she's also got like a deep motherly voice. <laughs> she is she is an adult woman <laughs> compared to these 20-year-olds. And, and then they show the weirdest scene of Jerrica proving to the audience that she's not uh physical not tangible and she goes my hands go right through her and you literally see her animated hands go right through this thing <laughs> and back and i'm like "Ooh, we're we were at a funeral five minutes ago <laughs> what is happening guys we're at a funeral five minutes ago <laughs> and like during this synergy leads them to this abandoned um Drive it looks in. like it's an yeah it's a drive, a drive in yeah yeah uh, drive in not a drive through <laughs> yeah drive in don't know you leads no. into a Burger King she's like yeah. let's get food no it's the... an in and out because we're in the small town of Los Angeles <laughs> oh my god no it isn't it is a drive in that becomes a drive through because well that's what I was gonna say in my messed up head so whenever a TV show gives an opportunity for something horrific to happen if the narrator or the person is not telling the truth i think of oh how funny would that be if it actually happened so synergy says you can just drive through this wall uh and my what an dumb head insane was like, test of fate could you imagine if the wall was actually real and then they just drive right into this wall they and just wily no coyote more. the girls <laughs> <laughs> my the, my favorite part is Aja, who's driving, and I like this. She's always the driver. She's characterized later as like enjoying cars, which is cool. And I love that she's like, I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy enough to do that. And Jerrica's whole explanation is, but Aja, I've got a hunch. <laughs> I've got a. <laughs> and everyone's like, you know what? That's a solid argument. Fearless leader or potentially cult mentality, which I. <laughs> You, I love you can, yeah, we even the writer was like, just do it. <laughs> Jerrica is still very much grieving at this point. She's not totally thinking clearly. And now she's telling her friend to drive a van straight into a wall. <laughs> also, they did not approach it with any like caution whatsoever. They're like, we're going through it. 
Yeah, yeah. No, this is why I'm like, could you imagine if it's a real wall and this was all a trick from Eric? Um, but we come to find out a little bit more about Synergy. Uh, yeah. She was created by Jerrica's dad. Yeah. Uh, and she is an audiovisual synthesizer who also has corporate speak as a name. We'll talk about that later. Uh, she is the most horrifying version of ChatGPT that exists in this world today. Uh, so I think that... Uh, for those Marxists out there, uh, this was definitely a precursor to ChatGPT or Bard, uh, whichever your preferred platform is. But we come to learn a few things, right? We learn about the earrings being they're able to project, uh, as JW informed us. We also Micro learn... projectors, if you will. <laughs> uh, but like, here's the thing. We find out, Jerrica says, I have two inheritances, right? I have this foster home. I have half of the record company. Where was any mention of all of this shit? Like, there, Dad could have left a note and been like, "Hey, BT Dubs, there's going to be a pair of earrings, and like, you'll get them, and then everything will be explained." Okay, so let me tell y'all. So this is not in the pilot, but later on, Christy wrote the backstory where you see him inventing synergy. And they actually have a canon explanation, which is it became too good at what it was doing. So her father was worried it would get into the military's hands and cause them to wage wars like we've never seen. Wow. And so that's why he kept it hidden. It will become yeah, more powerful I've, than you could possibly imagine. I've written my own fan fiction, which is where Jerrica's dad was the producer on uh, Frampton Comes Alive by Peter Frampton. Oh and this was the talk yeah. box sound that then became sentient. <laughs> I like oh both. I like both explanations. <laughs> Here, one one cool thing I found out because uh, Christy Marks, the, the writer, got the first names of the characters, but not anything else. All the last names of the characters are names of famous hologram scientists of the time. Oh, that's really cool. I so love that. Jerrica How many Benton, were there? Uh, Shayna, Elmsford, and Aja Leith. All their last names are all uh, famous hologram scientists. Look, they all watch Star Wars, and then they're like, "This has to be real tomorrow." And then, and an industry was born. Yep. God, could you imagine trying to get funding in the eighties? Like, yeah, we're gonna make a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> Can I cut you off real quick, Jeff? Because I bet we skipped all we skipped over the one the one thing truly that confuses me. Everything Go else, I'll accept. So they're holograms. So they just, if you haven't seen this show, the main thing is they can also project a hologram over someone. So Jerrica is going to become the oh, idea. Are of you Jer talking about the, uh, the body horror bit? Well, <laughs> not yet. So also her father randomly leaves them instruments, clothes, and a full ass car that already has the name Jim on it because clearly it was a toy model. But I'll give you instruments and car whatever why the hell did he leave them a wardrobe that's not something they needed for anything and i love that they said one of the characters touched the costumes and were like they're real they're These are real <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you can purchase them with the dolls too as an add-on all of this all of this is part of the big commercial the the oh. rolls royce rock and roadster you could buy that i the earrings were a toy that you could buy you get the wardrobes for your dolls all of this is a commercial the earrings are such a perfect, like, cereal box toy. If you're into this show, oh, you're yeah. getting the earrings. Oh, 100%. Easily. Yeah. I would have Number ate once. the earrings by mistake. 
<laughs> just jagged, jagged star earrings. Max was a class. Max was a class action lawsuit waiting to happen when he was a child. I would be remiss to say that there was not a scene where synergy switches people's races and appearances, yeah. which is just bananas. It yep. is uh, entirely like, and then the girls are commenting and being like, "Oh, like now there's a bunch of beautiful versions of us." Uh, and like they all look the same and then one of them was like i think she said like oh now there's a funny version of us and i was just like what the fuck is happening like this is horrifying (laughs) this is the the same year as like the we are the world video like come on cut up some slack (laughs) oh so racism was solved max back in the 80s is that what you're telling me yeah we had a we had a big concert (laughs) (laughs) just like in this episode it's all coming together Well, and talking about a big concert, let's go to the Battle of the Bands. Which was honestly pretty poorly attended. (laughs) Yeah. So, we we get this moment where Eric's about to unveil uh, that the Misfits have won, and then we get our second banger of the episode, which is uh, only the beginning, um, which just, once again, I, this music is awesome. Um, I'm rocking out to this. And... Eric could have just been like, "Cool, so the misfits still win because they're they're they won the con. They were here. They were registered for it. Uh, but we get what is it with executives and gambling away the future of their organization? This scene is so unhinged. I adore this moment where Howard Sands, who becomes a recurring character in this series, just walks yeah, up, please, and, and he's like." I'll sweeten the pot. And that's basically his actual line. Like, you know what? I'm bored and rich. So if they win, I'll give them a movie contract, shrug, and also a mansion that I have a map to. I mean, I literally, I, there is nothing about this scene that makes me, that makes me think if I had just like a dumb amount of money that I wouldn't do this exact thing. Because sure. like well, that's so Some dumb, mom. it's so stupid. And also, when we skipped over like a pretty important part for me, uh, which was the limp lizards playing, uh, and then they am getting the absolutely railed by the by the crowd. <laughs> that was like I, I, I've never seen such harsh negativity in a child in a children's show before. It was hilarious. Uh, but a few years later, the limp lizards rebrand as Sonic Youth and go and have a very successful career. <laughs> that honestly they I guarantee you they were based off of them. It was so <laughs> clearly what the look was. Um but it so there's a ver I have the DVDs and the the pilot's slightly longer and way mm. better quality than you're gonna find. There's weird purple graininess to then on the Roku channel. On yeah. <laughs> How dare you I, I I scaled through Roku City to find that pilot. And the biggest change that I noticed was that they announce a couple more bands that lose, including one called the Leatherettes, that are all women in, like, leather outfits, which is a strong choice. But also, in the DVD version, they don't boo for anybody. They only cheer for everybody. And I found it fascinating when I watched this that I was like... Oh, they changed it because maybe literally they were like, kids won't get that the Misfits got the most cheers. We have to boo <laughs> this full band before them. Kids today don't understand the applause meter. <laughs> it was it was 1985. It's new technology then. 
Also, we learn that Jim can just slash Jerrica because now she's projecting his gem. So now she's got a gem over yeah. her, but she projects a Jerrica, which imagine you were watching yourself for the first time. Whoa. That's horrifying. Yeah. But also the holograms are can't talk. So she literally just goes like, mm. she invited us. And then Jerrica appears and everyone's like, that is Jerrica. Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh man, I misinterpreted that scene. I thought this was a look over there and then she ran around the park over to the stage. To <laughs> I mean, that Eric is kind of it. That is kind of <laughs> it. That, that, that definitely screams like, we haven't figured out how to make this work yet. Just print it. <laughs> also, oh just God. so y'all know, Christy Marks read a show Bible. And the longest part of it, I've taken a peek at it before, the longest part of it is the rules of how holograms work. Now, plenty of writers threw it out the window, basically, but she was like, it can't go around corners. She has to be in the same room as it. It's light projection. You, it, It's not physical. Wow. It can't speak. And she follows those rules, but I do think it's funny that she's just like, anytime she uh, uses it she like touches her earrings I'm like there's a full ass audience watching you and isn't it a little sus that you're like showtime synergy and then a woman appeared <laughs> wait okay okay. so you mentioned that the, the holograms can't talk there is the scene w- that we're going to come up to where she projects behind her like off the cliff if you're mm, knowing what I'm saying yes. and talks to yes. Rio so is that, did she break did she break her own rules or is it like maybe, figured out actually, like maybe she didn't maybe break her talk. own rules the studio broke the rules well no i think so let's let's get there yeah this show has multiple crimes happen in the show <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. is a children's show uh and the misfits start off our crime spree by looking at the holograms gear and we're like ah oh, that looks pretty great we're just going to fucking take it. Uh, and then a high-speed chase pursues. Right an after actual this. battle of the bands. <gasps> so, Jerrica, I know you're a cartoon, but fucking listen for a second. <laughs> Call the cops if you've seen the people's faces who have stolen your shit. Nah, man. It's a lot easier, and your shit won't be broken in the road as the misfits throw it at your car. It's rock and roll, baby. We're not calling the cops. And also, JW, I'm so glad you said that Aja's like our driver because holy shit, how is she our driver and she almost drives off a fucking cliff? It is was, she good at driving or is it just like a hobby? She's like a mechanic in the show, but I I just loved any time a show is like because you know, they get main character energy and I'm like, I'm glad it's just not Jim driving. Like, I like that it was one of the other ones. Yeah. The worst part is that stupid fucking Aja on the cliff is like let's get up and you're just like <laughs> girl no have you seen nothing and it's literally shada yelling at her like sit the hell down we're on I, a cliff I, woman i was half expecting the car to fly like i was chitty chitty bang bang style like just go off the cliff and start flying and us all be like i need that toy i need the flying rolls royce right now in my home oh so this was a big thing um all of the commercial breaks have cliffhangers, like literally in this case, but also just in general. <laughs> that was a joke just for you, Rich. Uh, thank um, you so much. And because originally these episodes were in seven minute chunks and they were between oh. two quote unquote boy cartoons. So the idea was like something like G.I. Joe, a section of Jim, 
and then back to boy cartoon because they were worried that boys wouldn't stick around unless oh, no they, kidding. but huh. the opposite was true. And the hmm. ra- they were like, everyone loved it. Uh, it all genders loved Jim. Jim we'll talk about that in history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, so they had to then sandwich all of these together into a five part, like to be continued big movie because there was literally like, there were all these tiny episodes. So that's why every, every commercial break ends on a cliffhanger. Like it's always got to be big. It, speaking of that cliffhanger too, this is like the first time I, I, I don't think I've seen a show have this in such a long time, but they have, um, we'll be right back cards and yeah. now back to gem cards. And there was like, I don't, I, I mean, what a blast from the past. I don't think any show's done that in probably 25 years. Yeah. I think that was their way of stitching it together after the fact. Cause they're like, Oh, it's going to be so weird to just cut <laughs> and then yeah. come back because it, it has to do that thing where it goes back about 10 seconds. Programming you know? TV. Okay, is so a... that, that makes sense because it always does like rewind a, a little recap. bit. It gives you yeah. like a, a little like lead into where you let off. So that makes sense if this is like, being plucked and pieced in between other cartoons that you would need to like wind it back a little bit. Yeah. So we talked a little bit. Uh Jem thinks on the uh thinks on her feet, has a hologram show up because she knows Rio is gonna drive past that cliff. Um sure, why not? There's only um, one road in LA, baby. And they are saved, uh Rio saves the day in this instance. Um we go to the foster house and a very important scene happens. Um, you're not really supposed to work foster children, yet the foster children are raising money to get a new refrigerator for the home. Um, and this was just, I, d- I didn't even know what to do with this scene as a whole, uh, personally. Look, but JW, explain yourself. I just love that, first of all, I love how well the foster girls the starlight girls as they're eventually called the starlight girls are only 30 bucks away from a new refrigerator i'm like they're doing great you did great this feels like this was a week that this happened (laughs) um and you get all these characters they're all named over the course of the series they're all given individual personalities but the main thing is ashley's the bad one blonde (laughs) ashley is mean and doesn't understand while the rest of them are like, I'm walking dogs. I'm doing this. And Ashley's like, you know what I'm going to do? Steal. Also, I hate all of you for no reason. <laughs> she literally calls a new fridge stupid. I'm like, yeah, why? I like why all my this- food hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every hot, other hot. foster kid has gotten over the death of their parents. Ashley, <laughs> you got to get it together. <laughs> I'm never letting it go. Uh, yeah, and this then scene you... is also five seconds long. It is in the middle of nothing. It is not even a B plot. It is this an one's F super plot quick. of a thing. And uh, and then you also get maybe the clearest PR and marketing lesson that I've ever seen given to children in all of all time. Of like, here's why you don't look bad in the papers because you just gave your adversary a million dollars worth of uh, publicity. Because you committed a crime. I'm like, number one, definitely did not admonish them for committing a crime. Definitely admonish them because it's bad for the rep, <laughs> which is a an insane concept to teach children. I don't know. Maybe I also love that Pizzazz is like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, Pizzazz has it right. Pizzazz has it right. 
committing crimes is punk as fuck. And if these girls are going to be the edgy, villainous band, then you have to act up. You got to smash a hotel room. You got to smash some gear. You got to be willing to get dirty. As the Misfits say, winning is everything. Let let them be the bad band. Let them be bad. And and we get that awesome song of winning is everything um, as well, which is... Go for it, JW. Oh, no. One thing we haven't talked about is that when a music video happens, it's truly a music video. Like, it's yeah. it's got symbolic stuff. Mm-hmm. And this was clearly early pilot stuff because it's not great. It's like they're <laughs> trying a thing and don't have the animation budget yet. My favorite moment of winning is everything is they just have a moment where Jerrica is sitting on a podium labeled loser. <laughs> <laughs> Who among us? Because in their fantasy music video jerick is just seated casually on a podium that says loser <laughs> i and love like, yeah i love the a competition that would just force a runner-up to sit there <laughs> like like they don't have a choice <laughs> this oh is the God. dream of so many boomers to make kids sit on a pedestal that says loser when they don't come in first oh my god oh my god <laughs> So rather than just listening to the Misfits' second song of this show... Which, when um, did they get rid of Glenn Danzig? Did that happen before or after the... <laughs> is that before or after well, the, Rich, the, none the of, show? Well, Rich, none of these characters have a mother. Oh. No. <laughs> um, Eric decides he's going to stack the deck a little bit in this competition by hiring just this guy to uh, rough up the house... And steal th- some things. Um, and Eric's really clear on the phone. He's like, do not kill them. <laughs> Just, uh, Just make them nervous. Them. <laughs> make them, yeah. Make like, them I love that is... they added that in to be like, look we can't just have them constantly trying to murder them. We have to be like, I know we'll get arrested for that. Do not kill them. <laughs> but let them know it was us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because of these hijinks, uh, and due to, as JW mentioned, the lack of electricity in the home, uh, there is a knocked-over gas lamp, and we watch as four adults blankly stare at a ravaging fire <laughs> taking over a home. Ugh, uh, and, How are we going to get out then, of this one, guys? <laughs> guess what? We cut to, we cut to uh, the end of the episode. Now, Max, I see in our show notes that you got a preview of the next episode. I did not get that. If you watch this on Tubi, it says on the next episode of Jeb, and then proceeds to give you basically the plot of the next 64 episodes of Jeb in about 75 seconds. Yeah, not only that, you get a preview of the next coming episode's music videos. You get two of their music videos, which was so confusing to me. Because yeah, I thought the episode amazing. kept going. You meet Shayna's new boyfriend. Like, you get wow. plot in this thing. <laughs> well, that is our pilot. Um, I would love to hear from each of you. What were some things that you loved about the show that we didn't talk about uh, as we were discussing it? Oh, boy. I mean, how ca- how much more can you really say about the music in this? Like, I, it's like... It's like parallel universe storytelling, and it's it's very similar to like when we were talking about Scrubs, how all the the parts of like JD's brain that were like making up side stories and stuff like that don't actually happen in the real universe, and you can't really tell what is actually going on. Like, if did they all leave to go play? Did they? 
write a song that's just about this particular moment who knows it's just it's just a fun little sidebar thing and i don't know i think they make so many songs you guys so many and we're we're gonna we're that's gonna be part of a uh, uh of our podcast in just a couple moments actually Max, uh, what about you? Gem, Gem is basically what if Pygmalion was also an '80s action flick, and <laughs> by right. what, what I mean is that you have like eccentric billionaires and billionaires be like, "We're going to hold a contest, and the winner gets a mansion," and like <laughs> lanterns get knocked over to start fires. But then also, there's a guy named Zipper who says that making people nervous is my specialty. Which <laughs> I think, like, if your name is Zipper, that's a given, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> JW, what about you? I also love the boldness that he had Zipper on the back of his jacket. He was like, "Everyone will know I committed this crime." Yeah, because it, it's normally on the front. On the front. Of their jacket. <laughs> Um, I truly love that in 22 minutes, I'm sure y'all have discussed so many hour-long shows, hour-long pilots, most dramas of that. There is more setup in terms of plot and characters Mm -hmm. and all of this. And originally, this is part of a five-part, like, movie, right? So by the time you get to the end of this, like, movie... You're you're introduced to like twenty characters that are going to recur throughout the entire series. Howard wow. Sands comes back, Mrs. Bailey, the house mother, comes back. All of the Starlight Girls get featured episodes. All the bandmates' personalities get fleshed out and made <laughs> so much more unique. It was kind of weird to watch just this episode because, because I was this like is the narrowest part of the universe. Kind of, yeah, exactly. It's like oh, eventually, like Stormer, the dark blue haired misfit, she's like the good one. Mm. who becomes friends with Kimber and there's this whole thing. And like, so it's kind of fascinating for me to go back and just watch the singular version and be like, wow, they were, Christy Marks was trying to set up a true world and she did so much in so little time. Yeah. They, yeah. we didn't, yeah, we didn't have that many episodes of this in the grand scheme. It's like we had, it was a decent amount, but it was not for having 20 characters all with their own subplots and side stories and bubble episodes and stuff like that. That's a lot to get done in, in 60 plus episodes. What were we going to say, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, things I loved. We talked about the music. I really do want to take a second to talk about the animation mm. um, because there's something about this, like, 80s style of animation that, like, just has me so nostalgic. And, like, I know that we've made leaps and bounds in, like, how we animate and there are some amazing uh, animated series that are out there that we've even talked about on this show. Um, But there's something about this that I just thought was really beautiful. And I love the colors that they used in it. And it's just, it's great. Um, And yeah, just big, big fan of that. Um, And the quality only gets better too, which is cool. You can tell the moment they got a budget. And all of a sudden, it's still that it's still got that like essence that you're talking about, Jeff. But like, there's no animation errors. There's no like Max mentioned of lips just kind of not moving. It's like it's like that one season of The Simpsons where you go from like, oh yeah, this is like drawn in like an animation studio, and then you're like, who the fuck are these people? That was like that one season where everything changed. Oh yeah, like all of a sudden it's in Flash. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So. What are some wait a minute moments for you about this pilot? Uh, are are there any? Oh, I've got um, one. Rich, go for it. Uh, arson? 
<laughs> arson in a children's <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? <laughs> it seems like all the like they're setting up some violent crimes to happen in the show. <laughs> like I'm, I'm super excited about just like you know uh, the premise of a like a, a girl rock band like i don't know trying to make it or solve crimes or figure out what the hell they're doing and and just like the sheer blatant violent crimes happening towards these uh <laughs> towards these kids are is pretty insane to me max what about you i am aware that jerica is young i am aware that she is grieving the loss of her father but when you own 50% of your family's company and an outsider is trying to usurp power and have a corporate takeover, go to the fucking board. Like, you, you have so much <laughs> power 20. here. She is, she is letting Eric Raymond walk all over. And maybe I'm session-pilled right now because I'm super into this final season. But, like... Use the power you have. You are the daughter of the head of Starlight Records. And if this guy is trying to muscle his way and take over your father's company, you have a voice here. I I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like if someone had given her like proper business training and I don't think it was the job of Synergy or the older woman at Starlight House to do, but like if somebody had given her the, the corporate briefing and training that she needed, uh, this whole plot could have been avoided. Yeah, yeah what, just what season to, does she get her MBA? Yeah, just to speak on this, this is why we need business education in high schools. Uh, just like very simple things so that students or children uh, who are left with record companies are not uh, tried to be forced out without due process. Um, what I will say is, where are the service workers? Where are the police? Where are the firefighters? Um, <laughs> I... I, I we just need them. We need their help. Uh, Jerica, Jerica needs to learn nine one one. But I feel like you know. I know that there are some problems with certain service members in our society. But I feel like they could at least help out a little bit. Get a police report. In something. L.A., nah. Uh, uh, we'll see. It's a small town. Remember, Rich. <laughs> small town. She up. She knows all five of the cops that work there. We have one um, sheriff. Also, I want to say it weirdly, Max, they solve this whole problem of her being too young because she hires a woman named Joni who's just, like, in charge of the business side of things. Ooh. And Joni's one characteristic is she is more Scottish than anyone's ever been. Hell yes, because and that's what this show needs. It was... It, I love that character because she's just constantly... I can't do an accent. I is constantly coming in and telling Jerrica, you have to sign this. <laughs> she's like, all right <laughs> jw is there any wait a minute moments about this pilot i know this is a beloved property by yeah. you but i i want to say if you could look at it from a slightly independent perspective oh, for sure i think the main thing to me that makes me be like wait a minute about all of it is the way the wish fulfillment i and i get that it's like most cartoons are kind of wish fulfillment. Don't you want to be Jim? Don't you want to be in the band? Don't you want to yeah. be whatever? That sounds great. But the thing is, is that, and it kind of comes up in the show later, but like the misfits aren't bad at what they do. They're criminals, but like <laughs> they're a legit band. And there's a part of me that's like, when Jerrica came in and he was like, these are the misfits. I feel like she should have been like, yeah, they seem great. Give me my money. 
their song was fine. It seemed aggressive, but they can clearly afford motorcycles shaped like guitars. I feel like I'll make more money off of them. The peak of luxury. Like everyone's, everyone's just a little bit too petty. <laughs> so I actually have one more question for y'all, uh, because this is something that we got the intro song from Gem and the Holograms. We got the only the beginning song from Gem and the Holograms. We got uh, two songs from the Misfits. Based off of the pilot alone, which band do you think is better? Limp Lizard. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> JW, what about you? Um, I think my favorite songs, again, if it's just the episode, I think only the beginning's the best individual song in this episode. I think the Misfits songs are superior long-term. All right. I think it's more fun to be. I think it's fun that they wrote songs like that oh, are titled yeah. "Winning Is Everything" to tell a kid like, "Here's a hummable earworm that's just like, <laughs> don't be a loser." Is fun. <laughs> I love it. Oh God! If I were if I were a moody kid, I would absolutely be blasting out of my way in in my tape deck headphones like that. That is just a straight driving rock song out of my way feels like a precursor to everything that the donnas did in the late 90s and early 2000s oh, sure yeah i also think it's kind of fun that the episode played a misfit song first yeah oh that is interesting you would th- you would think that you would hear i mean you hear the theme song which is mostly jim but like still i was like Oh, I forgot that you heard a Misfits song before. It makes sense. They're a band first. We gotta sell <laughs> Misfits toys too, DW. Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> All right. So um, before we get into legacy of this show, there is no Daddy of the Week this week because all dads are dead in this show. Oh. Um, so as far <laughs> <laughs> somehow this segment got even more horrifying. <laughs> Yeah, I liked it. Be- I liked it better when it was horny. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about the. Or actually, uh, let's talk about our in-flight question. We got one actually submitted that I loved. Uh, in-flight questions Ooh. are submitted to us by uh, our followers on Instagram. You can also leave us a voicemail. Viewers we'll talk like about you that at the end. Um, but this was actually a really fun one. If you were to choose any band or music act to have an animated series based off of them, what would it be? So I, and I'm going to take kiss out of the equation because there was a kiss animated TV show. They, they, it does lend itself to it so beautifully, but, and you forgot about the equation. You forgot about their uh, syndication overseas, French kiss. Hmm. Good, good job. I'm also going to take the Beatles out of the equation as well, just oh, uh, to make it a little bit more difficult because there is some Beatles animated work out there. I think there's a Monkeys one too. Like, I feel like there's an animated cartoon at some point. Yeah. All right, Max, I'm going to start with you as our little music expert. Oh, man. So I'm just trying to think specifically contemporary rock because it's not just a thing you see anymore. Um, I could absolutely see every single member of the Foo Fighters appearing in Scooby-Doo cartoons, helping them solve crimes. Sure. Uh, Maybe I'm a little bit biased because they had that movie, Studio 666, that came out during the pandemic as well. And that's why I'm thinking of them. I would also like like an adult kind of BoJack Horseman uh, style cartoon 
starring the national where it's just like a bunch of like Ooh. sad indie rockers just like <laughs> making their way and drinking wine and kind of just saying one-liners that don't make a whole lot of sense but the music's good so you go see them live like a bunch of times anyways <laughs> all right jw as our guest what what are you thinking I feel like the easy answer, because it was kind of already cartoonish, is the Spice Girls. Ooh, nice. Because you've, their names are already cartoonish, you know, in, the, in that regard. True. So it'd be very easy to be like, Sporty Spice, Ginger Spice, all of them are like already very recognizably and branded. But I think that's because their creation was so market first. That's not so, but true. I if I was I'm going through it if I wanted a successful cartoon I would do the Spice Girls because I feel like that'd be fun and everyone but Victoria Beckham would probably be available to voice themselves. <laughs> She's so busy. <laughs> All right, Rich, what about you? Uh, so if we're talking about music that just creates insane drama that will keep you captivated, uh, I'm thinking either Fleetwood Mac. It would not be a PG car- PG cartoon. Uh, or uh, Oasis, because I think it would be very funny for the Gallagher brothers to just be pl- uh, playing pranks and I don't know, ODing or who knows what they're what they're doing. Just like your uh, Oasis cartoon is them pulling pranks, <laughs> just being silly, <laughs> just being silly gooses. <laughs> well, they're so they're. I mean, they are they are truly. I mean, they are, they do seem like truly horrendous people to be around. But there is that one. Uh, that there is that one story about. They did one of the very last episodes of MTV Unplugged, and who I don't who's the main one? Who's the who's the main singer? Is it Noel? Anyways, um, the main guy got super drunk and really mad at everyone for the entire rehearsal leading up to it. And then once they got the entire crowd in there, once they like really like brought the production uh, together and they were about to start recording because it's a live concert, uh, he didn't show up, and then. So they decided to keep recording without him. And he showed up in the back of the audience and started heckling the rest of the band while they were <laughs> recording. And I know you're saying, I know you're saying like zany pranks is not a good, it's not an oasis thing. That's a zany prank. I like it a lot. Zany prank. I, I think you need to have cartoon physics apply. Like Noel can bonk Liam with a mallet <laughs> and he gets like really small and then springs back up. Oh, you well, know what band should have a cartoon? Uh, should have a cartoon? Gorillas. <laughs> you stole my joke. No. I'm so upset. No, <laughs> I was, I was about to say there are three answers that I have. One is the obvious gorillas. Uh, two is I actually, um, I just look at, bands like Green Day uh, and bands like Queen, where a lot of their their albums are very story-based and story-esque. And like that is a season right there of a cartoon. It might not be the most children-appropriate cartoon, but it's a cartoon. Uh, <laughs> and I, I never said it had to be sell toys. Are, are you oh, talking about, like, Green Day storytelling, like American Idiot, or the songs about, like, smoking weed and masturbating on the couch? All stories are stories. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> okay, so taking it now from the perspective of what an 80s cartoon would do, I have two additional answers. Yes. So, Beastie Boys, but they can transform Ooh. into Beast. They have powers. Yes. They are superheroes. Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> and similarly, Cobra Starship, Everything's the same except they fly around the galaxy and what a Cobra starship. That's so That's, that's so amazing. True. That's all right. Well, <laughs> I absolutely love this in-flight question. Thank you so much for it. 
Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how to submit those at the end of the episode. Let's talk a little bit about legacy of this show. There were three seasons of this show and 65 episodes. Um, at one point, it was rated the number one cartoon series by Nielsen. Uh, and that was in 1985 and 1987. And it had 2.5 million weekly viewers, oh, hell making yeah. it the third most watched children's television program amongst everything wow uh the show aired in multiple countries including australia canada the uk netherlands italy france and west germany mr gorbachev tear down that wall uh the show did receive two nominations for young artists awards but actually won neither of them surprisingly oh. um which was like sort of i Genuinely, I was surprised. Well, Jeff, uh, Jeff you I'm, forgot about their really long feature called Uncut Gem. Mm, that's some warning. <laughs> uh, justice for gems. Uh, I, I mean, there are a ton of things that I could talk about in regards to the show's revival and pro as a property. Uh, JW talked a little bit about the DVDs. Uh, the show returned actually to syndication between 2011 and 2015. Thanks to the Discovery Network, uh, it was also available on Netflix for a small period of time. Um, Hasbro and Integrity Toys both sold collector's editions of the dolls in 2011 and 2012. Uh, they sold out within, like, seconds. Uh, they're it so was expensive. One... I, you, they're each, like, $300 now, oh and I got God. none of them. I was Whoa. devastated. Integrity Toys is expensive high-end dolls already. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful. But... But They're yeah, beautiful collector's items. Um, there was a live action movie. Uh, it, I, I was about to say about we, that. We, we don't really talk about that. No, there wasn't. Uh, it was it was directed <laughs> by uh, John M. Chu of Crazy Rich Asians fame, what? Uh, which is wild. Uh, and Aubrey Peoples uh, starred as Jem. Uh, there is a soundtrack that is available to that as well. But I think that really reviewing the legacy of this show this show lives on via fans like jw right like yeah. people truly love and just like honor this show so often that keeping the dream alive one thing i want to mention too because that was a great uh overview of the legacy of the show but the one piece that i want to add is that idw came out with a comic series Ooh. that's extremely good it's ended it's like a complete fine they got to end it on their own terms though and it's a complete final one and they did some cool stuff like in the second season they add a uh, latina hologram named Rhea, mm -hmm. and christy marks wanted to add i believe she wanted to diversify the misfits as well i think she wanted to add an african-american uh misfit and the the network was like no the <laughs> Uh, only white people can be evil on our show um, and that's know, a good that's a good they reason. they said they well. said but she was like but she was like i don't know if you're doing what you think you're doing but okay they said <laughs> she can be british or australian and so they made a british misfit named jetta but then the idw comics do something cool where it's a Jetta is a black character who is also British. So they combine the legacy Very of the show cool. with Christy Marx's original intent. And I was like, so the comics were clearly made from a place of love. They also add a, a misfit who's a trans woman. And oh, like, it, it's a real, so cool. and also I love that she's fucking evil. Her name's blaze. And I'm like, yeah, I love that. She's a misfit. Like she, they really did that. Yeah. And the comics are beautifully illustrated. I own, all but one randomly adult old like issue six or whatever but 
they're really well done and the people who were involved were clearly fans of the property which was really nice that's awesome that's amazing well the movie sucked the movie was terrible (laughs) so i'm glad that's not like the last thing that exists rich it is time for your game of the week yes okay jw i can see you stretching and warming up in in your little box over there uh we have put together a little bit of a name that tune for uh the gem universe and i have picked four songs at random uh they are all available on a very long playlist on uh, on YouTube, and they're all separated. They don't even do it by episode. They just do it by number in which it appeared on the show, which is very fascinating. Um, <laughs> but Jeff actually has some of the clips for you right now, and I wanted to see if you could guess from, I don't know, I think I think each clip is about 10 seconds long, maybe a little bit more, what song from gem and the holograms it is so like the title of the song that's what i'm guessing is yeah. the title yeah yes. if you if Guys, you want to go I... extra bonus points and and drop the the episode name in there too you can but mm, that's i don't a little know if that's crazy. gonna happen <laughs> you can even you can I... drop the which band sung it as well if you'd like <laughs> that on that I all of you will know i don't even cover up a little places. short i don't even come up a little short in game of the week the last few weeks but i think this is my rebound week i think yeah, this is the week we I got this one <laughs> Yeah, I think I got it, guys. I'm going to give it a try. All right, right, ready? Can't believe you didn't get Randy Travis. It's I Like Your Style. Oh, my God. That was amazing. By The Misfits. And it's the very f- you heard that cool saxophone. It's the very first episode with Jetta, the new British misfit, because her whole deal is playing saxophone. So they started adding saxophone solos to the misfits. Oh my god, we got a history lesson. As and well. it's this literally amazing. Let me give you a little context for the seed. Jetta's playing by herself. She does not have a a work visa. So Pizzazz is like, "Come play for our band, and we'll keep you in the country." <laughs> And I'm like, and she's like, you got it. (laughs) All right. Oh my God. All right. Uh, Let's go after this second song. We're off and running also by the Misfits. There you go. In the context of this, there Jim and uh, Holograms are doing a fashion book, and the Misfits are trying to do a fashion book, but can't afford camera people because no one will work with them. So they're taking their own photos on a roller coaster. Oh my god, this is so impressive! <laughs> they're signed to a massive label. What is Starlight Records doing? <laughs> because because yeah, no no the Misfits. No one will work with them because they keep breaking the mm. cameras because they get mad Ooh. at the camera people. Oh, Jim and the holograms girls. have like a full studio or whatever. All right, let's go with uh, oh clip God. number three. Other girls play help with Nicole. GW already knows it. Designing woman. Yes. yes. <laughs> Another Misfits banger. And um, this is when uh, Pizzazz is threatening Shayna. Shayna's the fashion designer of the holograms, you'll find out. 
and she's basically like you're not gonna win and here's and it's great because she has this line in the song where she's like other women uh other women stay home all all day living their life just splitting away and she talks about them clipping coupons and how that's a bad thing and i'm like what a wild pull to be like don't oh wait it's not about it's not about the delta burke gene smart cbs sitcom designing women from the 80s it is famously not that one <laughs> oh my god, JW right. three for three we got already. One last one, JW. You heard the latest word. Rock and roll is forever. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just so people understand, just so people understand how impressive this is. There are 187 <laughs> songs in the in the entirety of the Gem Universe. That is, I think, more than the new Mac DeMarco album, which has like 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, oh my that god, might have been one of the most impressive things we'll ever see on this podcast. That was so crazy. We might have to retire Rich's game of the week. Um, that was unbelievable, well, Rich. Thank you for one of the most amazing things I have ever seen with my own eyes. Thank you, JW. <laughs> Before yeah. our plane or gem mobile uh, comes to a land, uh, I have two questions for each of you. And that is, do you think this show uh, could be remade today? And slash, would you continue watching this version of the show? JW, I'm gonna just start with you. Let's I know the second. You know the second answer. I've proven that. Um, I think that I think a reboot of this could be possible. I would want it to still take place in the '80s. I feel like the I feel like the magical realism of the hologram and all that technology and the fashion and fun and vibrance of it only takes place in the '80s. Those comics I mentioned try to take place in present day, and that's the least fun part about it. Mm-hmm. Like it just the hologram stuff didn't. It's just like yeah, we have fucking cell phones now. Like I don't know, it just didn't matter as much. So. Yes, reboot, but only if it's period piece. And we know you will uh, continue <laughs> watching this show oh, as yeah. you're quite for so. the audience. I don't think we mentioned this. JW is wearing a gem and the holograms t-shirt right now. It is magnificent and I love every bit of it. Rich, as our uh, resident hater, uh, <laughs> what do you think about this uh, about this show and uh, the answers to my two questions for you? Uh, look, I'm definitely giving it a little um, a, a little bit more. Like, obviously, it is uh, geared towards the younger audience, which is totally cool. I also um, a lot of my um, a lot of my cartoon preferences when I was a kid seemed to borderline on the absurd. So a lot of like angry beavers and Rocco's modern life and stuff like that. So I feel like my sense of humor is a little bit uh, like different from this. And it maybe wasn't necessarily what I was looking for as a cartoon in a cartoon as a kid. Um, But I'm absolutely going reboot on this. And like you said, JW, it has to not be in present day because like, especially with the popularity of like the Captain Marvel movie, Wonder Woman 1984, Mm -hmm. Um, some other properties uh, in uh, yellow jackets, like a lot of a lot of the '80s and '90s nostalgia is so big right now. You kind of need it for to make that happen. So I feel like that would, if someone wants to go for another uh, cool money grab, I'll watch it. I'm down. 
And Max, what about you? Uh, really quick, I thought of another one for the uh, cartoon bands question from earlier. Yes, it's it's an animated it's an animated two chains, and his two chains work like the gem earrings, and he can make holograms <gasps> when he presses his chains. Love it! Um, oh, sold. sold. What, I, what I'm pitching it. is what I'm pitching is just gem and the holograms, but with two chains. Anyway, to the real question yeah. at hand: Do Take my I think this will be made today? I I think if we're rebooting this as is, I don't see it finding the same like children's audience nowadays i just i love the aesthetics of it i love this like 80s mall culture and the stuff we saw from uh glow uh gorgeous ladies of wrestling and like you know the pat benatar girls but i don't think those aesthetics would find the same children's audience today and i think mm. that if you try to make it a 2023 aesthetic show then it's not Gem and the Holograms. It, it loses all of the wow factor that made this show so fun. So for me, it's a no. Um, I had a hoot watching this. JW, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. Uh, this was a huge blank spot for me, but I'm going to uh, take what I got from today and I'm going to let it rest at that. I don't think I would continue watching this series. Personally. I love the idea that to you, this show ends with the fire and you're like, and they died. <laughs> These 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 band mates fully died in a house of nine foster children. It's like the end of the Sopranos. It well, just that, ends. It's just cut out. That's Ooh. what makes this one record so legendary is that they all died in a fire. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Imagine being a band whose only song you ever released was called Only the Beginning. <laughs> oh my god. So poetic. So poetic. Yeah, no. So... No, that's what they're explaining. You only get the beginning. <laughs> So uh, to round us out, as far as rebooting this, a hundred percent. I think you all have hit it on the uh, the nail on the head. As far as making sure that this stays in the eighties, I would not be surprised if a certain Netflix executive saw how well potentially the Greta Gerwig Barbie movie does mm. and says, "Let's try one more time with this gem in the holograms bit." And Netflix has been able to have some success with animation. Um, I, I think would not... She-Ra is a, is a reboot that people consider yeah, successful. Yeah, She-Ra was great. Um, I think that there's also, like, you can see the Big Mouth and Human Resources Universe doing fantastic as well. May this probably is not for children, in all honesty. This is more likely for uh, adults or, like, new parents, in all honesty. But, like, cool. Why not? But I'll, I'll take it. Um, I will wear all of the gear. When, when one um, of us learns of a merch. when one of us learns a Ted Sarando a Ted Sarando's impression, we'll we'll dive that in once the strike is over. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, continuing to watch this show, I have this category of shows that we have watched where I'm going to watch an episode one off. Um, like if I'm just in a very specific mood, Love Boat fits in that perfectly um everybody loves raymond fits in that as well this fits in that perfectly because i don't think i could just go and be like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna watch five hours of gem and the holograms because i think i'll go insane yeah. but what i think i can absolutely do is if i'm just sitting down 
before you know I go out to dinner or something and there's 22 minutes holy shit is this gonna be pulled up and I'm gonna watch <laughs> an episode of this and um, this is also one of those shows that's it's it's got a continuing plot line and like i said they add characters but there's episodes like it's still a cartoon show there's an episode where jim saves the president like (laughs) oh hell yeah i'm watching that and there's also Uh, just one that's fully like business negotiations for 22 minutes and you're like well we're doing everything with this that's that's good uh that's good mickey mouse fighting hitler energy i love that of uh (laughs) she's she's uh saving the president now that, oh, that's God. the beauty of watching cartoons as a man in his 30s is that you can uh, jump in at any point and still get some joy from it. Uh, with that being said, our plane has landed. Uh, and before we sign off, gentlemen, I'd love to hear where we can find you. JW, I would love to hear where we can find you. Yeah, absolutely. I Like you mentioned early in the episode, I do an episode-by-episode recap with my two co-hosts, Lex and Hannah Jane, called Pod Leadem. If you're a fan of Top Model, that joke will probably make sense to you. We uh, just completed the 19th cycle of the show, and so we only have five seasons left, or about a year's worth of content. And I, I don't mind saying that for the highest-rated and most popular uh antm podcast oh yeah so it, it I, we're very very lucky that we gained we we came right right at this two months or so before the pandemic and then they released every episode in the first and month that is of the when pandemic. i started watching every and episode of we we hit up. our our viewership like multiplied by 10 so again that's pod lead uh and anywhere you find your podcast that's amazing rich where can we find you uh, you can find me seeing if I have $600 in my bank account for a guitar. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram at damn that's rich. And you can find Max and my sketch comedy at Dadwagon comedy on TikTok. Max, what about you? I'm actually about to uh, get out on the road. So you can catch me in a city near you as the uh, merch manager for the limp lizards. Uh, you can find <laughs> me on all things, social media at Maxwell Singh. And you can find me trying to figure out whether or not a guitar motorcycle is street legal. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at runjeffrun. You can find the TV Pilots License on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at TV Pilots License. If you have a question about the show or for our next episode, you can email us at tvpilotslicense at gmail.com or give us a call at 213-290-1713. Thanks again to JW for coming on the show. This was amazing. Uh, so make sure to watch out for Instagram for sneak previews of some of the stuff that we have coming out soon. But with the plane landed and the seatbelt sign off. We look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you again soon. And until then, it's only the beginning. <laughs>